You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Yo, yo. Hey, hey, Greg Hectus. What's up, everybody? Welcome. And special guest, John Curley. Hey, iRacers. On the show today, we'll check out the super high speeds of the first ever Grand Prix Series race on an oval track. We'll check out a sim racer making a big splash in real world racing and debut the pros and cons of visible I ratings. And remember, you can follow along with us on your PC or mobile device in real time as you listen to the show and see for yourself all of the great topics and products that we'll discuss by visiting iRacersLounge.com, selecting show notes. We hope to see you there. John Curley for joining us on the show today. Uh, let's get to know you a little bit and uh, and go through our questionnaire. So let's start with what brought you to iRacing and how did you first hear about it? Well, I have to thank COVID for that. Actually, uh, in 2020, my sons, who are proudly serving in the U.S. Air Force, and one of their friends who's in the Air National Guard, who's considered family to me got me back into gaming after a 20-year hiatus and that sort of morphed into last year my son's saying dad you need to get back into that online racing you used to do um there's this thing called iRacing so jumped into it got a wheel got pedals and haven't turned back since all right very good that's uh so you heard from your son, he, he let you in or clued you in that, hey, you should be a part of this. And and you got right into it. Now, I know you bought a wheel and pedals, but let's talk a little bit about what we talked about the other day. You, you kind of said you got the green light, as they say, to kind of buy maybe some dream hardware. I, yeah, I did. Uh, so I started out with the Thrustmaster 300 and the pedals that came with it and then upgraded to the the load cell pedals thrustmaster and then recently just got the moza r12 and i think i've kind of got the green light to go ahead and maybe get a rig upgrade those pedals so i'm i'm shopping all right very good you'd run in monitors or vr so i do monitors uh i do have vr i have run it i like it uh, but my my dream rig would have triples on it. All right. And you and I kind of 
talked about some ideas of what to look at to kind of get you pointed in the right direction. Um, I showed you my old build from a couple years ago that I did, and they give you some ideas of all the intricacies and different parts and pieces that go along with when a rig, you know, when you say, I want to buy a rig, well, what does that really mean? There's a lot of little, uh, you know, things, you know, keyboard tray and, and shifter and, and uh, just little things you don't think of, right? Oh, so much. I mean, what you sent to me was great. You've got an iRacing forum post on it that people need to check out if they're looking for these things. And uh, I've sort of gone down the rabbit hole, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at a lot of different rigs, seats, pedals, shifters, you name it. I'm looking for it, and uh, it's it's been a fun journey so far. Well, don't rush it. Uh, that's that's what I would say is take you know enjoy the the journey of searching for the right thing and picking the right one. And you know that's why we have this podcast a lot of times to talk about. There's so many good hardware choices out there, and just to constantly talk about it so people are aware of it. You know, and um, well, good. I'm glad to see you're on that journey and headed down the hole. It sounds like fun. Um, tell us what you're racing, you know, what do you race? Is it official? Is it hosted? Is it league? I'm, you know, I'm doing mostly, uh, uh, official. My, my car of choice is probably the Xfinity. It's a good handling car. Somebody who's not been in it very long like me can, can race that car, keep it on the track. And uh, so that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to get that I rating and safety rating up. And, you know, I'm, I'm having a blast with it. it. It's fun. All right. Very good. And and um, so you've been solo racing, you know, just kind of on your own since your son told you about it. But tell our listeners just how easy it is to get on this podcast and and how easy it is to, to be invited to be a part of a team. I mean, uh, you just kind of stumbled into it, didn't you? Well, I really did. I really did. And, I, and I'm sort of humbled and, and honored to be a part of this. Um, you know, when people are getting into this, it's not that hard. And just get started on it. You don't have to buy the, the latest and greatest equipment. Just Just get what you need to get going and get yourself into it uh i've stumbled along alone for a year and uh you know i want to build the racecraft i want to start running better and this podcast has been so instrumental in in helping me advance and learn and this is the place to be for those guys that are getting started out. Yeah, so you uh we we met you in a in a Discord. We I forget what we were doing. And uh I invited you to hang out with us, race with us and and you did and that was fun and I mean, what did you think when you hear that team environment during a NIS race, the the banter back and forth about race strategy uh you know, people doing good, people doing bad, you know, supporting the other guys. What do you, what do you think about that extra layer, you know, after racing by yourself? Well, it made me understand that the team concept is just awesome. 
the way you guys have you know the chat that you have the the help that you give each other the encouragement and i would encourage anybody out there you know your goal should be hey get with a team of guys that have done this a long time like you have and learn be ready to learn take advice and and you know with a team you can get the help that you need uh so go for it do it all right well good i'm glad you're enjoying it uh, it's been fun racing with you so far um i think so i want to talk i want to kind of put you on the spot because you know i think you're one of your first hesitations about joining up with our crew oh uh, you know i'm older and i'm new to the racing and and i you know and i don't think that matters i don't think it matters that you're uh, an older guy hey it's about that competitive spirit and you want to beat somebody right that's exactly what it is uh in three days i'll be 63 years old and there is no age limit on this get in there have fun try to win be competitive uh don't give up you're going to have ups and downs i'm okay with that and just keep going keep pushing and keep learning it's okay if you're not at the top you just keep going and and try to improve that racecraft and that's where i'm at you know for a year i've been running in circles and it's time to learn take advice from the, the veterans like you and and do the best you can and have fun at it and that's what i'm doing oh yeah absolutely all right well very good um one of our final questions we'd like to ask everybody now i know you haven't been on iRacing very long but what has been your most memorable iRacing moment so i a little confession here you know i've run a lot of races i don't win a lot and i win very little but there were some races in vegas earlier this year and i was doing a truck race on saturday and won that race the very next day i was doing xfinity an open race and won that and i thought wow two days in a row this i've, I've got this all figured out now i was wrong about that <laughs> i didn't have it figured out but winning for me two days in a row gave me an incredible rush that i haven't forgotten and it makes me want to keep going you know it's, it's that win uh, the wind just keeps you motivated and makes you want to never stop. You know, you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, you just described the emotional structure of every racer out there, whether you're a real racer or a sim racer, man, you're out there trying to stack those wins and man, it feels so, and that's what it's all about is winning the race. And man right now i'm I'm trying to take it to the next level i'm trying to win a championship which is like a next level over a, a winner race and the battle with tom dryling has just been incredible you know back and forth we're so tight and we race fairly similar to each other so uh i'm really enjoying it and uh i can i can imagine why you're liking to see you know liking to get into that winning circle as well yeah, I followed you and Tom close. You, the battle you've had, I've I've sat in and watched your races, uh, and and it's exciting. 
mean, there's an excitement in this that people should immerse themselves in. I mean, this is a part of life that you don't want to let go of. Have fun with this. Get into it. All right. Well, John, welcome to the team. John Curley, we're happy to have you. We're going to get you to stack some wins and uh, with Tifosi Racing, and uh, we're going to get you that racecraft going, and uh, it'll be fun. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thank you. interview with john now let's go ahead and jump into the topics now kicking it off with the gp turn racing series in thursday's th uh third round of the 23 grand prix turn racing i racing series it was the first of a kind as some of the top of the world road racers took on an oval race in the delara i1 or ir01 more affectionately known as the jet car they raced at texas motor speedway they utilized the new oval-centric package developed for the naturally aspirated 3.0-liter V10 open-wheel racing machine with 25 drivers entered and a chance to score a win like no other in series history. This was crazy. I saw the beginning of this race. I didn't get to see the whole thing. But it's like IndyCar at Texas on steroids because it's like a third faster than an IndyCar or something. It's crazy how fast they're going around there. It's just really high pitch super fast I, I mean i want to participate that looks so much fun they're running 21 second lap times there that's what i'm saying is visually it looks insane it looks like every every second you can't breathe and you're about to wreck and you're just holding on for dear life kind of look it's a good thing there's not some sci-fi way to do to actually simulate real g-forces because they wouldn't stay conscious Good point. You know, I when I saw that this race, David, at Texas, I, it reminded me of the real kart series that went to Texas and actually had to cancel the race due to too much uh, G-forces. Um, they were kind of having blackout problems during the practice laps. I just think it's it's awesome that we've added this series in here where it's, what, it's road and oval. And that's, you know, this car is such a cool car. I like that. You don't have the regular road guy that, that, you know, he's going in here to take it, but you throw in this Texas oval, you know, to mix things up to kind of even the playing field, so to speak. I mean, I like it. I like that you have a mix. So I noticed it shows in the, uh, that it was a photo finish as well. Yeah. If you look at the, uh, margin of difference, 0 0.017 to second and only 0 0.034 to third and then fourth only 0 0.071 so the top four within 0 0.07 well we're all, you well, can't we're... get away from each other it was like a pack race that's why it was so breathtaking you like the leader can't get away well while we're talking official championship series greg uh tell us about this new uh south american series coming up yeah, so the South American Esports Championship, uh, Brazil will host its first edition 
of the South American Esports Championship. The competition will begin be held on uh, November 2nd during the week of the Sao Paulo Formula One Grand Prix and will run uh, on iRacing using the FIA F4. Is that, that's the car you run, right, Mike? Yeah, that's the car I've been running this season and just choking in. But yeah, it's cool to see they're using the same car and they're using iRacing. I wonder if this has got to do, like, obviously this is kind of helps out with the FIA stuff being stepped in here. And this, these are things that we're getting with that partnership, right? I think so. I mean, normally you would think, oh, is it out? they're at an F1 race. They're going to use F1 console game, you know, for something like this. But no, instead, you know, they they decided to use uh, iRacing. And I'm sure it has to, something to do with the partnership with the FIA. Well, as far as hosting, are they actually hosting this at the track, or is this just kind of an online event that's that's coordinated with it? No, I think it's an in-person deal. That's the way I read it. There is an article here from the FIA. Is it the Max's or, or Max Arenas where it's being held? In yeah, yeah. So there's a place. Yeah, they identify a place where it actually is. It says each motorsports confederation in South America will be able to choose its criteria to determine the finalist, of which there will be 11 in Sao Paulo in person to define the champion. That's really cool. So so do these guys, um, they're going to have to bring in their own rigs, or are they going to supply those for these, these drivers? It's hard to say. I would guess it's probably, what do they say, 11 drivers? So it's probably 11 generic rigs. They're all the same. I would guess it, yeah. Something. Whatever, whatever company's sponsoring it, maybe. Might also depend on how far they're having to travel. Are these all international drivers, or are they local Brazilians? Because uh, our guys all didn't all the championship drivers try to at least get a rig exactly like theirs in the Coke series. Yeah, I think this is limited to South America countries only, though. Well, it's good to see that we get more of these events because the more the events and more publicity means. Uh, you know, better racing and better product. You know, I'd like to see this uh, a North America esports championship like this from the FIA. I mean, let's uh, let's spread the love. This is where we're hurting because of the IndyCar deal. It's in the F4 car. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we have the F1 race at Las Vegas. It'd be a perfect place to to have the event in Vegas. I mean, you could you could pick one of the casino floors and move out some of the machines and set up some rigs or something and. It would be perfect. I have a feeling that they would the, the real estate would be too expensive to even run an event like this. The way they're charging stuff for that rate, Vegas weekend. It's definitely on the high side of the price. So the next uh, topic we got up though is uh, basically great motorsports quotes. It's a tweet from iRacing asking, "What are some of the best motorsports quotes?" And I think we probably all know that uh, if you ain't first, you're last. That's a good one. I uh, posted one, and I thought we would read it out loud. I put, quote, auto racing, bullfighting, and mountain climbing are the only real sports. All the others are games. Ernest Hemingway. The, the netcode one. So sorry, netcode. That's more of a gaming uh, quote. Kevin King says, you block, you pay. Rubbins Racing. I only meant to rattle this page. Gary Godso says, you don't know what Indy means. Al Unser Jr. in Victory Lane. Oh, this is a good one. Nicholas Patty says, 
Racing is life. Everything before or after is just waiting. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> That's funny. The uh, the most infamous quote probably is, let's all take it easy in turn one. That's more uh, gaming. That's more centric for simulation or gaming. Yeah, because anytime that happens, everybody goes nuts and, and doesn't take it easy in turn one. No, it's always, uh, always going to be a three wide. Now, when I was thinking about getting some custom artwork in my office to do with racing, my initial idea was to get a motorsports quote, like print it on a sign and hang it on the wall. That was my initial plan. I ended up doing something different, but I thought it was, I think this is a great idea just to see what the quotes are. And I had fun with it anyway. Um, but I'm trying to figure out which one would I pick to actually stick on the wall? I don't know. Well, you can check the suite out. It's got a ton of replies, 423. Um, we're going to move on. Next thing, we have a highlight video, and it's the season four build highlight. Yeah, pretty cool. This is like they did every season recently where they put out a video that is basically a visual release notes. It basically shows you in a quick five-minute video Everything that's included in the build of substance, uh, and you know, there's video to go along with it. They have text on the screen describing what the update is, kind of thing. So, real easy to digest. Certainly, easy easier to look at than reading release notes. Go to three eleven or about about three ten on the video and watch watch this damage model crash. Oh wow! The whole engine went up in the air. It looked like there. There's really no car left there, just about. Yeah, the damage model's really come along, hasn't it? You know, I can remember not too long ago, we didn't have damage. Well, I think the detail that they've got now is is a significant improvement over the old days. I wonder if things like, uh, what's that? If there's that, is it BGM or something, that one program on steam that uh, simulates crashes and stuff like that i wonder if that if there's anything behind that that can help them out figuring how to smash these cars up all right is this next news item actually a little outdated now it is so let's talk about this with in conjunction with the release uh, earlier today so this one is a, that sources have indicated that as of 9:30, there's uh it's just a termination date of the nascar and motorskates uh, motorsports game announcement. However, um, there's no new license announcement as of yet, and that's the part that's out of date. But they think GameL, EA, and iRacing and 2K all have inquired about the NASCAR license, and they think either GameL Entertainment or iRacing are the front runners. And, um, and we saw it come out today. It's iRacing. They want it or they bought it. Uh, John, I think you said six million. I don't know where I, you got that number, but well, so I I went uh, and looked at some SEC filings, and it looks like it's about a six million dollar deal, five hundred thousand now, or excuse me, five million now, and then a couple of payments of five hundred thousand each in the future. So uh, they they paid a price for it, but they got it. Wow. Do you think iRacing has five million sitting in the bank? Yes. Or they had to borrow that. We got a little bit less if David pulls a subscription away. <laughs> well, I think they'll make it up when they uh, create the games in 2025. 
Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that check will be fully compensated when they, if they, if they have anywhere close to what they do on the sim, um, putting their efforts into a console game, you'll sell on the Xbox and the PlayStation um, for a console type game that's NASCAR based. Well, I think yeah, that's where the money's going to be. I mean, there are going to be uh, a lot of buyers for that at the console level. Do you think that they? Uh... I was thinking about this earlier. Do you think if they're going to have this game coming out in say 2025, do you think they go back to having a console championship like they did back um, a couple years ago, uh, where they had a console champion for the NASCAR as well? That they were take they were uh, the events were being held at the tracks. Yeah, I, I would like that. I think that's good. I mean, Nick Nebon also did a video today about this news and. And he, he really emphasized this is good for the iRacing community because it's going to bring in new people, new blood. It's going to increase how many drivers are on track. It's going to be a path to get new drivers into iRacing. Uh, they start in console, they get the bug, they get the competitive spirit, then they get into the PC version. Now, this now some people, and one thing Nick Nebon said in his video, People are confused already. This is not iRacing on console. This is not iRacing on console. This is NASCAR on console, okay? This is like the World of Outlaws game that Monster put out earlier, but NASCAR. And so some people were already confusing that. Well, they're, they're going to make the version of like, a, like obviously they're going to probably work with NASCAR and, and create a game that probably has a career mode, maybe like a franchise mode, like in some of the things where you build a race team. Um, and, and obviously they're going to have all the drivers licenses and track licenses and team licenses. So it's going to be more tailored to an experience where you don't have to be online, but it'll probably have an, a multiplayer, um, component to it but there's also you know you want to go and race the daytona 500 against ai this is they're going to use their their knowledge of the base that they've used uh, i racing to create ai and they could you know you know it's going to translate over into building this game i think what i like about this is it's full circle now the people that developed the nascar games that were known to be the best ones nascar 03 and so forth that group Guess what? That's the group that's in iRacing right now. They've put that group back together in iRacing. These guys have been in the business a long time, and now they got the license. They're going to do it again, and it's going to be so good, I think. Do you think um, – I would? I don't know if you guys saw my comment later on in the day about this, but do you think if, uh, if what uh, John was saying there was just like the $6 million is part of the thing or the payment towards it, um, do you think that funds to finish is enough funds to finish the IndyCar game for them so that they actually put something out for motorsports? Yeah, that's that, a good that, point. That's good speculation, definitely. And we have some quotes from the CEO of Motorsports Game on the show here uh, that he basically says as much. He, he says we're going to refocus on the, the titles that we have already deep into development and so forth. So I want to read a quote from Mr. Tony Gardner, the president of iRacing. Quote, when we, approach, when we were approached with the option to acquire the license for the simulation-style NASCAR console game, which was the console game and franchise that we were dreaming about doing, it was an opportunity we could not pass up. 
Having the ability to build an NASCAR console game is a privilege we promise to execute with the utmost care. We look forward to working diligently with NASCAR industry stakeholders to deliver a product that provides an amazing experience for the gaming community and NASCAR fans worldwide. Do you think at some point with this um, merger as well, or not merger, but uh, purchase, that if this game, obviously they're gonna, the motorsports is still gonna develop their IndyCar game, but do you think if this works out, do you think that uh, iRacing could go after the IndyCar license, say for, I don't know how long the con, obviously we don't know how long the contract for motorsports is for the IndyCar to make their games, but um, do you think maybe they bid on it and afterwards if this is a success and maybe they take over the rights to the IndyCar and they get sold to them? Well, well, I think it all plays out. How are they going to MSG? Are they going to put out a game or not? If they're going to flounder and waste that five million and and not get something out, then yeah, you're probably right. Well, I think IndyCar has to look at that pretty hard because if what iRacing does is a big success, IndyCar has to think, you know, maybe we need to go another route. Well, yeah, and, like you're, you're right, John. And and we don't even know. I mean, we're still all pretty skeptical on whether motorsports games will develop that IndyCar racing sim. Uh, I don't think it's a done deal. I think I think the other thing that they have going for it, so they've announced, say, 2025, that they're going to have a game coming out. I hope I hope iRacing, when they do have this 2020 game, it's the beginning of the season. I hate when like all the other sports games come out at the beginning of their season so that you know you can you know progress through a season with this the um what's going on in live uh time uh but seem to be with racing games it's always was at the end of the season you were getting them out or mid-season so that you're already behind on you know your favorite season of watching it so i'm just hoping that it that 2025 date is like early 2025 so that you know you're enjoying it through that whole year and not getting it after the season's done or you know three quarters of the way through or something but they also get the um if if indycar does release or they do in motorsports does release that indycar game in 2024 they do get to see if it flops and if there's anything in that game that isn't great or that you know they could use maybe they can that transfers over into what iRacing uses in 2025 to have a better NASCAR game too. Look, if they just copy what they've done in World of Outlaw game, the the format, they're gonna hit gold. Um, that was what Nick Nebon mentioned. The other thing he mentioned too, I want to point out when they did the World of Outlaw, the little graphic that you see here that promotes this. When they did the World of Outlaw game, it said Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo Switch. But this one has those three and Steam. Steam. Now, Steam is for PC games. So Nick is uh, speculating that there'll be some kind of PC demo or PC version of this, perhaps. Which is normal. They've, they had uh, all the NASCAR Heat, heat games um that were coming out there they had uh they had pc versions as well so um it doesn't just keep it to the consoles it targets the whole market so they get the full you know full share of the pie there right well, yeah they're gonna get the nascar heat people uh the ignition people i mean those those folks are all gonna go to the iRacing version of this and it's gonna grow it's gonna grow fast 
Well, especially when those titles you just called out aren't known to be great titles either. I think what what we're going to see here in about two to five years is a huge growth for iRacing because these these people that get into these console games, they're going to transition into iRacing, and uh, we're going to see growth. And, and I think iRacing knows that. Well, and I think the biggest thing is, is you know, on the console, you can get your – I'm sure companies are going to start, if this is going to be a thing um, – there's obviously going to, we're going to have more products that are tailored to consoles and the PC um, peripheral wise, but you know, you can buy your basic, you know, steering wheel setup pedals and stuff and race the console version. And then down the road, like you said, it, it might transfer into buying a rig, buying monitors, buying triples and, you know, moving into iRacing or buy VR or things like that. Cause even I can see, uh, PlayStation, if they, they make an, a VR component, the PlayStation has the VR too. They could make the NASCAR game if they really wanted to and have a VR component to it. It's pretty cool. You know, you look at iRacing had this big growth and with COVID, which was unexpected. But I think I think we can expect another big growth spike after these games come out. Um, and so. Kudos to iRacing uh, for la- for landing the license. Now let's, uh, you know, and I think the other thing I'll say out loud is I think iRacing is in a really good position to make good with this because of their success with the World of Outlaw game, because they bought Monster Games and they added all the staff recently and they're, they're ready for it. They really are. Yeah, and like Greg said, you know, these peripherals, these companies are going to have to start planning. You know, what are we going to build so the guys on the consoles can use wheels, pedals, rigs? Uh, this is a this is a big moment for sim racing, and these companies are going to jump on this. I think the other- if you're a wheel manufacturer, you need to get your stuff PlayStation and Xbox compatible, right? Well, and Mike, you were, you were talking about, you know, putting on the PC. If it's on the PC, it's a lot more, any of us that already have our rigs and stuff like that, it makes it more or less, or us more likely to purchase something like this to have fun and play around with when we're not on iRacing. Say, I just want to race, you know, the Daytona 500 or, it, you know, the, the whole NASCAR Cup schedule um, without racing somebody online, I can do that. But, um you know, do it in a game form. Well, while we're talking about the uh, various other software companies, there apparently have been some rumors floating around that Rensport is using R Factor 2 physics and parameters. And we have, uh, I don't know if there's any merit to this or not, but we already we have Rensport and R Factor chiming in on this. R Factor has chimed in that they have not issued to any game developer. Uh, following the Rensport allegations. And then Rensport put out a message as well. And I'll go ahead and read this one for you. I want to address some rumors and accusations about, or I want to address some rumors and accusations that have been circulating in our community recently. We are proud to say that all of our content and libraries used in the production of Rensport are created by us, commissioned or licensed appropriately. All right. It goes into a little, little bit more, but they say that that if they are using any other software, 
like they they openly say that they use the Unreal Engine, and they openly say that they use laser scanned tracks, but that they they do it all in the up and up legally. Essentially, is what they're saying. So, I guess are the accusations that they actually hacked some of R Factor's code and used it without permission? Well, it all started with somebody who looked through WinSports code, compared it to R Factor Two code, and it matched up. It matches up. some of the code, not all of it, but there's code that matches up, like literally, you know, word for word, line for line. I think they, they maybe the variable names were different, but everything else, as far as the structure of it, was perfectly the exact. And so it got put, I think it started on Reddit. Race Sim Central picked it up. Um, the guy, there's a guy on YouTube who did a video about it. Um, I forget his name. And so it forced everyone to, because everyone was talking about it. So then, as Traxian.gg reported, they got a quote from R Factor 2 saying, Look, we didn't sell any licenses to anybody for this stuff. That's what they say. So they're no. so so these guys are like, well, hey, I see we see this code everyone else sees on the internet. It looks like our code, but we haven't, you know, licensed this to anybody. And so then right after that, you get the quote that David read, which says, Oh no, we didn't do that. We have everything licensed appropriately. We're on the up and up. So that's the story where it is today. Uh when you read through the comments and some of the social media. I think it's a matter of semantics with the licensing. Apparently, before Studio 397 took ownership of the R-Factor 2 license, there was code out there like pre-R-Factor 2 that perhaps they're using a portion of that or something along those lines. So it's code that they both took from somewhere else is what, what I'm getting from what you're saying. I think it's clearly owned by R Factor too, but I don't know. They, I think the 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 claim was the code was pre R Factor two before it was actually licensed to that company. So it's just semantics, like I said. No, I'm not. I'm not great with code or anything like that. I'm not. Could it possibly be that when Ren Sports, you know. Is there an employee or someone that writes code that went from R Factor to Ren Sports, or is there anybody that moved between companies? Like, you know, it's you can you can take code and secrets by if you write it. Like, if you have the same writer for something, sometimes guys write the same type of code. It's a signature and things like that, or how they do stuff. But here's what's interesting: if if R Factor really thinks that this is not licensed would they not be slapping them with a lawsuit right well that's probably the next shoe to fall david i don't think this thing is over well if if it's not progressing at any any time soon i would guess that r factor doesn't see ren sport as uh, a threat maybe if they don't progress into lawsuits or looking into it further but if you do see a lawsuit like you're talking about then obviously there is something legitimately behind it. More to come. Did y'all put this one on here for me? Yeah, you have to read this, this one. This is the one for David, yeah. I refuse to read it. I, I refuse. Are you banned from reading it? All right, so I got it. Chat ban prevention is the topic. 
It's a forum post from Alan Strovich. He had some ideas on how to prevent chat bans in iRacing. And so let me see if I can uh, paraphrase what he says here. A prompt will play and a voice command will instruct you to think about the incident for a moment. For second and third time offenders, your mic will be muted for up to 30 seconds to a minute to be able to think about the situation prior to allowing you to immediately go live on the mic. So he's like a some kind of delay or a warning on your mic if you've uh, had a warning, a chat ban warning. Won't help. Right, you just wait 60 seconds and you'll still say what you want to say, right? It just makes you think. <laughs> Doesn't it make you better? You, you get to think more of what you're going to say coming out of your mouth when that 60 seconds up. You get more time to craft how many cuss words you want to throw at the guy. Well, so who hasn't called somebody an idiot at some time? We all do it. That's a ban. I got reported for that one time. Okay. So got, I'm trying to think. I, last night I got called something that I've never been called for, but it wasn't even bad. I can't even remember what it was because I collected a guy when I hit that wall. I got. I wish I could remember what it said, but he said it in the nicest way. That, but he was mad. He must have been Canadian. So for a while in iRacing, a few years, I actually would purposely, when I get in the race, I would switch the microphone channel to the team channel away from the driver's channel. So when I get wrecked and I went to go key up and say, you mother effer or whatever I'm going to say, nobody heard it because I was on the team channel. And so it, it, it did what Alan Strovich is trying to do. It, it, gave me a moment to think, okay, if I really want to say this to that guy, I got to switch channels and say it again. And that usually made me think twice and I didn't do it. So it actually worked uh, just having the mic on another channel just to prevent that instant, you know, you're red hot and mad and you just like mother, you know, and you just want to scream bloody murder at the guy. Uh, David's not here. He stepped out for a sec, but I was going to say he has discord where he could tell, yell at us so we could care less, but <laughs> it doesn't work. You know, and then you hear guys that don't even uh, have a mic hooked up. They don't even have a button mapped, you know? Well, I think the, you know, my solution has always been just disable the voice chat. I can say it. Nobody hears it. Well, David disables his, his chat. He just uses uh, iRacing, does it for him. Look, you got to have chat in oval racing. Uh, if you're not, you're at a disadvantage. Green flag stops. You need to tell the guy behind you, I'm coming in at a minimum. You got to have that option. I tell you what, I'd be fine actually with that, with chat going completely away if you could still basically have a way to wave out the window for pitting. Pretty much. Hand gestures. Well, at least the the, the nice hand <laughs> gesture. No, I wouldn't mind having the other one, but no, no seriously, I think the other one should be in there. But but that that was really the only thing it's needed for. All the other BS could go away. I could be fine with everybody not being allowed to chat it up, and 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 just have a button, even that like literally that's even if your chat band, um, that you can signal pitting now. Can you visually in your chat band? I, I'm just asking this question because I I don't know. Can you not use the typing part where it says pitting no. in or pitting out? No, you can't do that. Okay. Um, does this 
do you think there would be more protests if there was no talk or no chat? Like, cause then you don't get, you know, sometimes people do calm down a little bit after you're talking after an incident or something like that. Do you think it would produce more or less protests? More because if you don't get that verbal apology, you're just mad and you're, Hey, I'm going to protest it, you know? But if the guy apologizes, Nine times out of ten, I just let it go. If he if he's nice about it, you know, hey, I didn't mean to run into you, dude. I'm so sorry. You know, I'll I'll take it. You know, I I'll race another day. That's for sure. Because even some guys who've crossed me before recently, they I had a guy who who hit me and just upset the car, but he he did apologize, and then and I let at that point I was cool. It's it's over, you know. Because I mean, I I mess up. I I've. I dove in it, drove it in too deep, or, or turn, try to try to get in line too late and come across the guy's nose, but you know, so that that does help. But the biggest thing that 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 is a danger is not being able to announce that you're pitting, especially at the uh, um, super speedways or the drafting tracks. No, because there you pull down before you get on the gas, get off the gas. It's, it's more like mile and a half where everybody tries to actually pit from turn four. Why wow, you get to pit under green flag and NIS? Every once in a while. <laughs> we did it, Texas. All right, next up, Mike, we got some rally dirt issues. We do. Uh, this is a two-part. This is the first part where it got reported in the forums. Robbie Kirtley posted, there's something wrong at Iowa and Atlanta tracks that feel more like asphalt than dirt. Um, and unfortunately we didn't get these two stories grouped together, David, but further down, we're going to see Greg West reporting that they are going to remove some time attack results because of the dirt rally cross physics bug. Um, so what happened is when you were on the dirt, it, it felt like asphalt. So you were able to go faster than you should have. So basically it messed up all the world records for those tracks and cars um, because of the bug. So for in a very rare, I, I would say once and forever, I don't know if they've ever done this, they're going to actually erase results out of the database. So they probably revert back to whatever the date was when the patch or whatever that broke it came out then. Yeah, in fact, he says, um, we expect this to impact 58 total entries. That's a lot. <laughs> I'm a world record holder. No, you're not. Well, it might be a slightly heartbreaking for the guys, but as long as they're not like actually punishing them because it was basically an eye racing bug that they might not even not might not have even been aware of. So I think this is the fairest choice. Is there an achievement for having a world record? No way I would have a chance of knowing. <laughs> I, I, don't think I wonder, I don't think there is, but I mean, imagine if it, there was one and also now that you had it, you're like, oh, I got it. Probably can't take it back, though. Mike, this one's yours. You, you have to read this one. Is the UI getting worse is the forum post thread by Massimo Berta. He's asked in the forums if there's no more indication of how many cars are registered in a practice session on this beta UI. And, uh, yeah, he's got people weighing in, you know, one way or another about it. But uh, what do you guys think? Is the beta UI getting worse? Don't know. Don't use it. Is it getting Still worse? Or is, there, is it getting worse or is there just more? There's way too much information that's being added. That's like it sounds like it's shrinking 
some of these fields of, uh, you know, the field of the stuff being shown and because they're trying to put so much on the screen at one time where you don't, you know, do I really need an, the one thing that I always laugh at, do I really need an image of it? If it's partly cloudy, sunny, like, does it really need to be a full size image of things like things like that? It seems like a wasted picture space. You know, I, I switched to the UI pretty much don't use the website. Um, I've seen things where they were working and then not working. So I agree with the op here. Like for example, in hosted, you used to be able to see the picture of the car of the, uh, in the line of the hosted event, like what car is it? And then for the longest time, it said unknown. It said the word unknown. It changed from a, like a little graphic to a word. And it was just, it's just annoying, you know, that it says that. So like it was working and then it wasn't. I got to admit, they fixed the stats that I had a problem with where it wasn't showing my division. They finally got that corrected. But uh, yeah, I, I'm still not a fan of it, to be honest. So is the uh, beta UI turning into uh, what's going on at grocery stores where you're still paying the same price for, you know, a bag of chips? but you're getting less less in the chips bag now, but it still looks like the same size bag. <laughs> I still think the, the old website is better for seeing who's in a session. Uh, like, like you could hover over the little helmet and see a quick list of who's in the session. Like when you're looking at the hosted events, that's not possible in the beta UI. You have to click into the event and do this and that. And then you see a list you. And so like, I, like when you go to ghost somebody, it's it's really hard to ghost somebody on the beta UI. In fact, John, I w what did I tell you to do when I when you were trying to figure so out ghosting? Yeah, both of us the other night when we went to practice in that session, that's what I did. I I just found you on my friends list in the in the website and clicked on it and was in the room in no time, right? So uh, you, I've never used the old website, so I'm a new guy, and all I've ever used is the UI. But it was difficult for me to go in and ghost your race. It's not easy to find. You you have to just keep clicking on watch and different different splits until you find the one you want. I can't find a, a racer that I want. That's what I mean. You're looking for a particular name and like all these different splits. And the old on the old website, you, you you see all the different splits, and you could, like I said, you don't have to click anything. You hover, and you can see a list of names. So you can quickly scan all the different splits and find my teammate, and then click on the right one. So in the new UI, like you said, you got to click into it and hit watch, and then you see a list. Oh, he's not in here, so now I got to back out. You know. Oh, it's yeah, it's a five or ten minute ordeal to find who you want. So th th they really need to fix that, need to fix it fast. Well, we covered a few weeks ago that they're basically starting over with the UI. So I guess they're going to go with the Gamma UI, right? And um, the first thing they should literally put on at the top of the list is do everything that the website can do. Right. I mean, that's a starting point. And they still haven't gotten to that point. And it's been how many years? I mean... Yeah, and and I you know I don't like people to lose their jobs and stuff. Man, they really need a a UI designer, uh, a seasoned UI designer, 
that isn't going to overlook this kind of stuff that will look at the website and say, wow, I, they can pick out who their, their teammate is in a, in a glance out of all these splits. We need to recreate that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now, this next one is look, looking a little interesting. DJ EJ has posted a video with 10 irising tracks that, that are hidden in plain sight. Can we actually race on them or not? You can't. These are ones you can't really race on. So the one that jumped out at me that I'm aware of is that Lime Rock Park. So as you go up the hill, uh, the backside of Lime Rock Park, when you're up on the hill to the right, there's a small oval there, actually. And I've tried everything in the world at that track to try to get onto that oval. And there's just no way to get to it. There's walls and then you fall into the hidden abyss or whatever. I still would really like to hear if they are ever going to actually develop that dirt track that they scanned at Indy. Well, you know, he pointed out the go-kart track. I think it's maybe Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to get go-karts, but boy, if we did, that would be a lot of fun. I wouldn't say never for go-karts. I think at some point there will be something like that. There'll be a, there'll be a push for it. Like when you they did the rescan at Pocono, he mentioned there's all these road courses that are in the infield but you can't get to them these little tiny you know road course things they call them road course but a lot of them are just access roads to like cars in and out if you look at from like some of above i mean they probably are used as like a go-kart track maybe in real life who knows um because the infields on a lot of these tracks there isn't a lot of detail um to it and like a track day you know where you bring your own car and they have they have cones out and you, you drive around. Pretty cool. All right, this next one I wish I had gotten around to watching. Uh, but yeah, it's October and you know that if you have in the band world, you know what that means. Uh, Dave Cam explores the benefits of having a hidden eye rating. And this sounds pretty interesting because I've especially after having going through my loss of a thousand eye rating in a matter of a month, uh, I just don't even look at it anymore. This so is talked. a neat video. Um, Dave basically tells us we don't sim race because we're afraid of losing I rating. Well, I think he's got a point. You know, you you look at some races and you you think to yourself, "I'd like to do that, but I'm not going to get in it because it's a it's going to be a wreck fest." Right. I'm a perfect example of, of what he's talking about. I mean, you look what I did a year ago. I joined the Legend Series and I ran a thousand I rating out of my, you know, down. I, I lost a thousand I rating. And I basically didn't recover until about two weeks ago <laughs> from that. Uh, you know, and then I went farming at a particular track and car and gained the thousand back just recently. And I'm back to where I was almost a year ago. But and and at back a year ago when I ran that legend series, I was like, screw it. I don't give a crap about my I rating. I want to race what I want to race. And that and I didn't care. And and uh and it got me to, you know, a thousand lower I rating. I go into the new season, I'm in a lower uh division because of it. And now I'm trying to grow it again to get back to where I was. Well, guess what? I'm not running other oval stuff because I'm afraid I'm gonna lose the I rating. Like, I think you just don't want to lose. Oh, I might run the ARCA. Like, if I go to run an ARCA race right now, I'm going to lose I rating for sure. 
But hiding I rating would not change that. Yeah, you know your I rating. It's it's the other people's you don't want to like. The only thing I'm seeing from it, Mike, is that if you don't, I wonder if it would bring up more like if say David and I got in a race and we were racing. You know, we know who the good name racers are in the oval series, but what uh, what's there to tell you that it's an actually a fair room? that you're racing in. I mean, obviously we don't, I don't judge someone's skill on their I rating completely. I know that it's, it's I rating is hard to achieve, um, over a whole season. It's hard to, you know, you, you fall where your talent lets you fall. Most of the time there is exceptions to the rule, but, um, I think if it's not there, could you question I racing and saying, Oh, how did I know that I was put in the right split or, um, I should be in this split, not that split. Whereas we just have the number and we know we don't question any of the rooms. And it's also a ranking. Like a lot of people use those things to rank themselves and how they feel. It used to actually mean something ranking wise, but now it's just kind of, you know, see what split you get in and that's it. Well, sports rankings, there are some sports rankings like in tennis that work like this, where you, that, you know, your ranking in, in the tennis tour is kind of based on how you perform. Um, but just what I, where I was going is hiding the I rating. If you, if you know that the I rating still exists, is not going to prevent you from, from worrying about your I rating. You're just not, you're just going to probably be even more anxious because you don't know what you're losing and gaining until you get into the race. And then, I mean, then are you going to see the strength of fields and you're going to see how the points are calculated? Um, I think to get, if he's talking about, it's keeping you from racing other cars, then the only solution to that is I rating per vehicle. That rating would be really hard to do that. Yeah. But I think that, I think for them to split that would be really tough to get it done on every vehicle, especially now. If they'd done that from day one, it's probably not a problem, but adding that to like every vehicle nowadays would be really, really tough. Even though I'd be okay with that, I still think it's better the way it is. Oval road, dirt and so forth and it's it's like a okay so i'm an oval guy i'm gonna race arca i'm an xfinity trucks cup you know maybe late models you know stocks late you know stock that kind of thing so it is a similar genre i guess you'd call it so i get i think i like the idea that the rating is consistent among that you know all the ovals now yeah but they they have already said that they're going to rework some of the i rating system like i think eventually open wheel and and sports cars are going to get separated um and sure. maybe maybe something like modify some of the specialty oval series or like or like like maybe even maybe the open wheeled oval cars or or even the late model where they're where they're really focused it's it's almost its own little community. Maybe those need to be separated a little bit, and so you have a big oval and little oval I rating, maybe yeah, like or a, a NASCAR I rating and a short a short track I racing or something I rating. Yeah. Well, and you guys were saying you know split it per vehicle. Well, then what do you do for the NASCAR series? Do you consider it an oval car or a road per car? Is it just an, like you saying just a NASCAR series cup car like? You'd have to do you have a road a road uh i rating and an oval i rating for the car or you, you just have a car for that class of car 
So Dave Cam was talking about like high die rating, you know, group people into pro, semi-pro, amateur, you know, some kind of label. But like you said, Dave, I think we're still going to micromanage it because I know like if, if everything else doesn't change the championship points with Tom, you know, but when I had a thousand less I rating, I, I would get half the championship points for a 10th place that he would get for 10th place. So, so would it be any different if the I rating was hidden from us where we didn't know what it was? No, I would see for the same position 10th, he got twice as many championship points. Holy cow. I got to catch up, you know? But would you, would you be more upset if, okay. Cause you, we, all the uh, championships for the NIS are based on their divisions or like what you guys are doing. Would you be more upset if you had a guy that say he was like a six or 8,000 I rating and then he dropped down to your division to start the season. And then he still races like that type of, like you, you don't know that he's done that or you're not being able to see that. It, you know, you, it's could be frustrating. Maybe that he does that every season. I know iRacing says we, we have the I rate I rating system to prevent that. Now that they won't let people do that, but I'd be afraid if it was kind of hidden, you, you know, that that would happen, but we have, we have leveling systems in all kinds of games that that's how you match up. Like if you have shooter games or uh, when you're playing online, if you have sports games, they all have a rating system somehow that where you're not playing someone that has, not supposed to be playing someone that has way more experience than you most of the time, if it's supposed to be equal. Now, something else that came out today that's not on the script is R Factor 2 is putting out an update where they're going to do a multiplayer uh, system with ranking, driver ranking, similar to iRating. Um, so it's all over social media today. So it should be interesting to see what uh, R Factor 2 is going to do with their quote iRating, whatever they call it. Well, it seems to me the iRating, safety rating, as Dave Cam point, points out, it's a great motivator. You look at your ratings and you say, man, I want to I want to improve this. I want to get it moving. Well, if that's hidden, it takes a little bit of that motivation away. Look, we already hide I rating from rookies. Look, you're a brand new rookie in I in I racing. You don't see it actually. So the, and they the other that rating on purpose for those guys. Yeah, but the other rating is what gets you out of the rookie to get to the other thing. So there is a system that is still training you to it's, get a number, right? Brilliant. I think but it's a perfect system. We, we, we focus on, we're all focused on where we rank I rating wise. Do you, you don't go, I know people say in a race, I'm here for safety rating and things like that when they're trying to technically farm uh, safety rating, but you don't hear somebody say that they're only here to, I'm only here to drive for safety rating. I don't care what my I rating is. It's always just the I rating. Um, look, what does I rating really equate to in currency in sim racing? What split you're in? Am I in top split? Am I in the second split? Am I in bottom split? Like John's talking about motivation. Yeah, yeah, I'd be motivated to get out of top bottom split if I was stuck in bottom split. I'd be motivated to gain some I rating and get out of that mess. I don't want to, oh, sorry, David, I, I don't want to, uh, I'm going to use you as an example, Mike. You you farmed what, like 600 I rating last week? 
something like that? 970. 970, okay. Are you in one week running restrictor plates, 900 I rating better, two splits better driver for one week? It's not really, you can farm if you, if you find the right thing and it works for you for a week. You're not really, you know, over a week, you're not becoming a, a two split better driver or something like that. That's why we always complain about how fast people can run through the ranks sometimes too. Um, if you find the right system and way to go through, I'm not saying what you did was bad or anything like that. You you're up where you're supposed to be anyways. Like I said, most of the time you fall in your average area over time. You're never going to, you know, eventually the I rating is supposed to level you out. So if you're, you know, you can only finish, if you go into in second split, you finish in the top five all the time, but then you move into top split, your top 20 or whatever, it moves you back and forth between there all the time. And you'll have one or two good races here or there. It helps you grow as a driver. You're not, it's not going to be there to flex to, you know, you're not going to gain substantially all the time. The people that are really good in here will always gain that way. But average drivers like us, we, you know, we fluctuate in the same area all the time. So, it's a good question what you say. I mean, I'm two splits higher in NIS. And the question is, can I still perform at the same level I've been performing? You know, top five and top 10 and getting some wins, that kind of thing. And so that's the real test over the next few weeks. Can I hold it? Or am I going to, you know, have some bad finishes and naturally decay back down to, you know, 2,500 where I've been for, for a long time? Uh, I think I might belong at 2,500 just because I wasn't able to naturally bring that up in just running NIS. I, I pretty much have stayed at that number. So we'll see. This, Like you said, this might be an uh, artificial gain uh, and short-lived. We'll see. All right. This next one makes me a little envious. We keep talking about how the YouTubers get to do all the cool shit. Matt Malone posted a YouTube video where he gets to check out Tony Kanan's Emerson Garage. Whoa. It's literally a garage. I see a garage door. Big garage, though. And, uh, yeah, Tony's... Hey, not long ago, I think it was just a couple of weeks ago, we saw a, a kind of a Instagram video tour of his little sim room, and he had three rigs in a small little office. What is he doing now? Like a minute into that? He's moved them. <laughs> yeah, he's moved them to the big room, it looks like. Well, he's got, he's got four rigs set up, and... Uh... One of his buddies tells us, you know, what these, what the, what's on these rigs, and you know, it's the same things that we all use. Are those the SimCube pedals that he just showed? Yep. Oh, yeah, he got them on a couple of them, I think. That's so nice. Yeah, those, they got really good equipment. Sam, those are those are the Samsung monitors too. Tony's definitely got the retirement figured out. I think sim racing is actually a great place, not only for the young, young up and comers to go, but it's a great place for, for the guys who are, who take longer to recover from injuries to go and still have a little bit of fun, but he doesn't have to do the same level of appearances that he did, that he does when he's full-time IndyCar and right. Or full-time NASCAR. I think that's a great place for some retired drivers to continue to have, to scratch the competitive itch. Just a random McLaren sitting in the garage, too. <laughs> it is trophies. There's all the trophies that Tony has won. He's got them up there on the on the shelf. 
You know what's funny, Mike? On my screen, I have it exactly synced to the same, it playing the exact same way as yours. I'm looking at it on my screen. It's, <laughs> I hit the button, I guess, at the same time you did. Now, Tony did say in the video, this isn't an open door, everyone's welcome. You, don't you said, you're not welcome. This is private. But he's showing it off, and it's pretty cool. Well, how funny that our next topic is irating. How about John, you want to pick a topic? Did I call him out when he's when he's AFK? He's not running a camera, so I don't know if he's there. Yeah, right I'm so I'm here. Sorry about that. So Max Benicky says he's reclaimed the highest I rating again. Maximilian Benicky. Who who had it that he had to go back again? Because I could have sworn I thought he was up there for a while. And um, he's got what two accounts or no? It's the same account. Sorry, but he's at one thousand eight hundred ninety-two. So I assume this is all road racing is that what he's doing did you mean 10,182 10,892 okay you said 1,000 oh that's like definitely inflating a bag of air or deflating a bag of air with some ships it's crazy stats but uh yeah congratulations to him now does somebody reach that level because they farm or they're real selective with their races or are they just that good that they pretty much win every time that's the latter. I mean, they, they run these, you know, GT3 or whatever races, and they're always in the top three probably. And, yeah, it's kind of like when you see um, Matt Busa in a A-Open or a Garrett yeah. Mains in the A-Open. You know, they're, they're going to they're gonna finish first or second, you know. Or Christian, or Christian Chandler in any, any of the sports car races. He, he just uh, he runs in the majors, and he wins pretty much every race. This guy's 50%. Like, <laughs> he's 50% all the time. Like, it, when you have an average start of third and an average finish of fifth, like, that's just nuts. And he's raced 651. Is that, I'm guessing it's overall, right? It would be overall road. So the guys that do this, so are they running the same car all the time? Well, he's, a, they... he's a teacher too. He has his own site or his own setup site, right? Yeah, he's been in like the Porsche series and stuff like that. Anything road. All right, Greg, next up is the season four hot or patch two hot fix one. Yeah, so there was a couple. Uh, it wasn't a very big hot fix. Uh, well, they had to two hot that dirt road problem I mentioned before, where the track surfaces weren't right. Yeah, so that so they fixed that, but they all but they fixed that and took those uh, time attack times away, right, Mike? Right. I don't think they have to patch to do that. But I think no, that was the reason for the patch was the dirt thing, but there were a few other minor things that they included too. Yeah, so the Delara IR eighteen. Fixed an issue with some body kit elements were removed while having the new damage model. So I guess they, that was something they needed to fix. Uh, this is the new the, this is the new Ferrari one, right? The two nine six GT three um, new damage model, strengthening the nose and rear panels, and slightly strengthening the wheels. Uh, Super Formula SF twenty three fixed an issue with the available sponsors and fonts for the car in the paint booth or paint shop. And then they had to fix something on the Kern County Raceway Park uh, asphalt track where they fixed an issue with the gate along the back uh, wall could snag a car and if you got too close. Just a small patch, but yeah, like Mike, you're probably right. It just it was all triggered 
with the dirt problem. Next up, we have another feel-good Sim to Real story as Caden Honey gets a win in the Arkham Nards West Series in his series debut. That's impressive. Series debut, isn't it? Yeah, Caden Honeycutt is uh, going to be a NASCAR a star. I mean, make, making his way through trucks and Xfinity, I just like to see him get a good ride. Absolutely. I, you know, I follow the ARCA series pretty close, and uh, this guy's going to make it to the Cup Series someday. Agreed. So we've seen him in the Coke Series and on iRacing for a while, and he, he definitely got this, the chops. Yeah, kudos to him. All right, this next one we might need to make as a permanent link on our website is definitely a good resource. Anthony Alfredo, former guest, he's posted on iRacing for Beginners series on his YouTube. He's posted a iRacers for Beginning series on his YouTube, and he's already got episode one out, and he's planning on dropping the second one out tonight. Or actually, that was a couple of days ago, so it's probably already out. So I, I checked these out. Anthony already has six videos out in four days. Oh, I only watched the first one. Yeah, uh, and they're really good. I would encourage any of the listeners who are starting out to watch all of these. Uh, he starts with the basics and and goes from there. Uh, so there's six already. Yeah, like the first video is like really the basics. Like, how do you sign up for iRacing? What do you do? You know, what do you click on? And he gives a short tour of the beta UI. You know, what do you see up in the corner in the top right? But you really want to be on the menus on the left side to figure out where you want to race. And he kind of just takes you through it, um, And you know, as a beginner. So well done, Anthony. I, I could just see Mike... Uh... Mike making a, a how-to video, and after signing up with uh, signing for for iRacing, he made the video. It's like take the beta UI icon and drag it and put it in your recycling bin. Well, that's that's just about what he's done. I mean, he gets into test driving, how to use cameras, uh, options, settings. I mean, these and these videos, you know, they're eight to ten minutes, so it's an easy watch. Uh, people should should check in that uh into that i just you remember when they were putting out all those like operations manuals for the cars and then all of a sudden they've stopped doing that for the for each car mike we used to have it on the podcast where they would show you what each thing does for each car it seems like that's not being publicized as much anymore that they're being done or are they being done and we just don't know it i think they're still doing them we still see the vis visibility of it all right, we've got a couple of quick hits on the events. We've already talked in depth about the balance of power and the car classes. iRacing did tweet about the Petit Le Mans, which is coming up this weekend. And it's the first iRacing special event that will have the full GTP lineup. That that would be kind of appropriate considering, was it just last year that the GTPs even existed? Or is it this Not year? Not full yet, because it doesn't have the Ferraris. Yeah, but they don't. they're not in the real races either, are they? Well, I guess the Ferraris, I think they've competed in the ones that are... I got in know, Europe? Yeah, the Europe stuff. They, I think because the Ferrari didn't do Daytona, but they did Le Mans because they won Le Mans, right? Yeah, I guess in my, I should have said our full lineup instead of the full lineup. So, it, I mean, technically, it's always been oh, yeah. it their, full their full lineup. It's always been their full lineup. Even when it was just two, it was all they had. So, it was their full lineup. So, this is kind of a... 
depends on how technical you want to get with the language. It depends on the definition of is. What is the definition of is? And we have the SEC runoffs uh, coming up in October. Um, it's October 21st and 22nd. That's at VIR and some of these slower cars. That's not this weekend, not next weekend, but the following. Man, I used to hate that Spec Racer Ford. That was such a weird card to drive on here. And then podcast housekeeping, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform to make it easier for more listeners to find us. Mention the podcast to your fellow drivers so they don't miss out. We do appreciate it. Join the fun on Discord. That's how John got on the show. He, he found us on Discord. Uh, make sure to get on our website, iRacersLounge.com. We are in regular rotation at the Performance Motorsports Network. And don't forget our merchandise is available at iRacersLounge.shop. Uh, if you're on the video feed, you'll see my new hat I'm wearing now. I got the jersey on. Uh, loving the merch. I'm definitely uh, sporting it these days. I got mine in as well. I'm not wearing it today because I literally I had a doctor's appointment right after school. And I bolted so fast, I left my gym bag at school. So, but I did post it on our on our page, I believe, or I at least tagged our page, and it's also in the Discord as well. All right, it's time to talk fantasy, and we have the oh. First, we'll start with the Talladega Super Speedway standings, and we'll read off the. Uh, looks like the well, this is a pretty tight standing, so we might go a little deeper than the top five. Mad Dog takes the win with two hundred and eleven, and then we have Hey Look, Mitch Mighty Pin. I haven't. I don't remember that name. Mackenzie Stevens. That's a familiar name. So he does exist, even though we haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, Canadian in fourth. Oh, and Mike, looky there, right up there at one seventy-two. Fourth, and Justin sixth. Justin sixth, because there was a tie for fourth. Right, dollars and cents in seventh. TG is that TG one racing? These glasses uh, are not doing a great job. Ah, there we go. And there's Bobby Jonas in tenth. And then overall standings, uh, with a, still a pretty comfortable lead, over 110-point lead, Canadrian. Second is Team Duan. NASCAR Jedi is in third. North-South Racing, fourth. Res Dog rounding out the top five. Yep, and the winner's going to get either a trophy or some merch. I haven't quite figured that out yet, but we're gonna winner's going to get a prize. Well, I say we use the merch. We've already got it, so... Right. Now, uh, what do you guys like about Talladega? Honestly, not much. Um, it's over. Yeah, I, I'm in the same camp as one of the, you know, the big podcasts that we listen to in that you can't get the third lane working unless they're saving fuel. Um, you just can't go like you could in any of the old packages there's the only way to work your way forward is to sit in the middle lane and wait for other people to get impatient i i heard don uh denny hamlin on his podcast talk about it's all about saving fuel save fuel save fuel save fuel why oh so he can stay less time on pit road 
And that's all it's about is what he's saying. Look, if you're not leading the line, you're saving fuel. Uh, that's more important. And, and that's a shame. I wish that it wasn't like that. But once they've learned that, look, if I save fuel the whole run, I'm on pit road a good second and a half less than the next guy. It's only because of the single wheel nut. That's the only thing that's really caused all that is they got to wait on on fuel and not tires anymore. Not exactly, because they're not going to take tires at that track anyway, whether it's five nuts or one nut. I mean, I mean I, you can run the whole Talladega race in the NIS and not change the tires. I was more speaking of real life than... But anyway. it is, well, it's the same situation. The tires don't wear. So I was coaching the team during Talladega race. You never wait on tires. You're, you're only waiting on fuel. Now, you can take tires, but you're never going to wait on tires. Okay, so that's the rule, at least at that track. And I really think in one of my one of my races, uh, I I didn't catch back up with the pack because I took four tires on a full stop, and it still I still think I waited on tires longer than the fuel. Right, and then so what do we like about this week of Roval? I think we thought it might be the last Roval, but we they released the schedule and it's not. It's back next year. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not disappointed. I don't like having six road courses, but the Roval was a good addition. But part of what made it a good addition is that it was special, and it stopped being so special when they started shoving road courses down our throat. Right. Remember when it, the first Roval race was, and it was kind of special, and yeah, they, they did exactly what you said. And I'm glad they didn't make the same mistake with with dirt and start throwing in three or four dirt track races because some of these things are only good because they're special. You too much of any good thing can be bad. Yeah, these cars, uh, they're not built for road courses. They're not built for dirt, and uh, it's not it's not special anymore. So who do we like? Uh, I, I gotta think Blaney. He's got momentum. He's been really. He's won at the Roval before. But you got to look at, you know, Chase Elliott. He's really good at the Roval. You don't have a ringer you want to jump on the bandwagon again with? Well, SVG is not in the race. Or I'd be picking him. You know, you can't go against Martin Truex right now. I mean, he's really good on road, too. So it's going to be a good race. Uh, our our teammate Brad Wren is going to be at the track. So uh, anybody going to be there at the race, uh, hit up Brad and you guys can hook up. Metro Ford of Chicago delivers to you. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, we have over 160 vehicles in stock. Living large or strapped for cash, good credit, no credit, doesn't matter. It's all good at Metro Ford of Chicago. We offer easy financing and guaranteed credit approval. Visit eMetroFord.com to view our complete inventory and tell them Patrick sent you. Metro Ford of Chicago, serving Chicagoland and beyond for over 35 years. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. Let's start talking some hardware software, sponsored by Metro Ford of Chicago. And the first item up for discussion is another review on Lawrence DeSosua's channel. It's the Simagic P1000 pedals, which have haptic rumble motors. Yeah, it's like basic pedals. I like the, the rumble motors part of it. I think that's what differentiates these from others. 
that's what Lawrence said. Uh, he he loved the uh, rumble motors. He's going to do a full review here in a few days on the the uh, 1000 series. But big believer in the rumble shakers. Now, I you know you expressed some interest, John, in these pedals for maybe your new ones, and I told you earlier this week what my hard stop is on this do you remember what i said i do i do and you said it was the logo heap racing that's on these pedals right right across the front uh, at the bottom like where you'd put your heel is a big bold keep racing is what it says not a sim magic you know if it said some magic i might be okay with it but they put up a slogan or a low, you know, whatever it is, a slogan. Uh, I don't like it. I don't want it to say keep racing. I, I wouldn't buy it because it says that. I, I just don't understand why they think that's needed. Well, you know, and Lawrence D'Souza said the same thing. He, he you know, I guess to use an old phrase, it's a little bit corny. It should say Sim Magic. And I thought to myself, if I buy these pedals, I'm going to take a can of spray paint, and I'm going to I'm going to paint that over because I don't want that. Well, it lights up, right? So you can get some peripherals with it uh, that would light up, and and he really liked those. He said those things are great, but he just didn't like the boilerplate "Keep Racing" slogan on there, and I don't like it either. It, it doesn't look right. Wonder if you can request that be taken off and something else put on. It'd be cool if you could like, if they had like a custom, where you could like put a name or something on it or something like that. Like down a team name on. Well, people cool. people use pedal cams, right? So what if you put like, you know, for me, if it said Sponsor. frozen frozen cactus or it said i racing, or Irish's lounge. Well, that looks like a detachable piece. In fact, because you look around twenty two fifty two, it's not. It's not put on there yet. Or am I looking? I may be looking wrong, but it looks like it, it. He had it detached there for a moment. I don't know if it's required piece or not. Well, so yeah, it's on there. I mean, when you get the re- when you get the pedals, it's going to be on there. What? So you you have to do some kind of mod paint uh, to fix that. What are these worth? Oh, five five hundred ninety nine euros. Yeah. Not not a bad price for I, these are load cell now. I think the P two thousand are the hydraulic version. They are, and you can get on the one thousand uh, the hydraulic uh, kit. So they'll send that to you for I think it's about six fifty with the hydraulics. It's eight ninety nine euro inverted hollow hydraulics, and then it's seven seventy nine euros with the standard hydraulics. I would say, John, if you can afford it, at least get the hydraulic brake. Don't. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just so so huge. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I want the hydraulics. He he suggested that, and I think that's the way to go. They are a nice looking pedal, though. I do like that. I, if anything, you're right, Mike. Just without that logo, but it is a nice looking set of load cell pedals, just as is. You know. Yeah, for the price and stuff, I think everything else hits the mark. I just don't like that look. And look is important. You know, we we spend a lot of money on these things. We want a certain look. Uh, You know, we don't want fancy slogans and stuff. No. And I think people ought to consider the inverted version as well. Uh, 
that might be a better choice. Yeah. I mean, you and I talked about inverted versus standard uh, earlier this week as well. And I think we both agreed inverted just, just because it pivots from the from a, above and then below it, there's actual different feel that your foot gets. It's like a real race car. Most race like cars. A real car. That's yeah, what I, I, run, I run inverted pedals. I love my inverted pedals. Is it once you go inverted, you can't go back or? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's going to do a full on <laughs> review of these pedals here in a few days. Uh, and let us know what he thinks, you know, the final verdict on these. I like that they used a bigger vibrating motor, like the, the, the motor for the, the vibration for it. It's not, it's better that it's uh, it's not just those little weight that spins around that they've put like Fanatec has little weights on the back of theirs. Uh, it's nice to see a decent size, you know, feel or something to create the vibration there. Mine never worked in my V3s anyway. And he did, you know, Lawrence did say these are, these would be an upgrade from the V3s. So if you're running V3s and want an upgrade, this might be the, the route to go. All right. This next one's pretty interesting. If you have a wheel that doesn't have very many buttons on it, I can think of one teammate who doesn't use push to talk who could probably use something like this. Um, Bicorni Engineering offers a button, an optional shifter addition to your favorite Rally GT or Cup wheel. And it's kind of a center mount pipe piece that'll go right in the middle. And it's got three three rotaries in the middle and the, and two th thumb switches that are hat switches kind of on the side and, and uh, four thumb buttons. Uh, hopefully it's close enough that, that smaller hands can reach it. But this looks like a good addition if you've got something like a NASCAR rim. Uh, kind of one of the only killers is it is does require a cable. Is it using... Okay, I see. It's using those three that three bolt pattern to attach to some type of rim. Yeah. The third picture shows it hooked to like a NASCAR rim and uh, yeah, they just hook it to the center part, you know, where the, the wheel mounts and gives you all those different buttons and different things and they light up and everything's pretty nice. I haven't heard of this company before, so it's a new product for us on the show from Poco, Pocorny, Pocorny, Pocorny Engineering. Now, why is it marked as DIY? Is this 3D print or something? And he put it together? I don't, I don't know. He says that in the, in the Instagram post. You see? I think the idea is maybe you're, it's a DIY wheel. You just, this is just the, the centerpiece for it. You have to provide your own wheel to go with it. I think it also has, it looks like there's optional magnetic shifters and a clutch input for bite point adjustment. Maybe that can be added to it. All right, this is next one is handy. Uh, you might have something like this, Mike. Mike it's a track form phone mount for, that uh, is kind of a T slot. Yeah, this is the phone mount I use. Um, somebody on the team asked me for this link. Uh, I think it was Tyler Williamson. He was wanting to buy one. And so I found the link from my order from two years ago, and it's from a company called Tack Form, not Track Form, but Tack Form. And uh, yeah, the T-slot ready uh, phone mount. I love it. it. It's like a you can slide your phone into it. I use a 13 Pro Max. I'm in an OtterBox, so it doesn't get much bigger than that. I mean, that's one of the biggest phones, uh, and it fits in there great, and it holds it well. I position it on my left where I can see it while I'm racing. Um, 
I want a place to put my iPhone when I race and I want to be able to see it while I'm racing. So this gives you that uh, opportunity. It's a great place uh, to mount your phone. It's not cheap, 60 bucks, but uh, I think it's worth it. Mike, what do you what do you have run on the iPhone when you race? Nothing. I'm just looking, you know, is my wife texting me or am I missing something on the TikTok during caution? Yeah, during caution, I'm using on my phone, to be honest. Yeah. Checking Twitter. Is that why you ran into me under caution that last time? Probably. I'm usually <laughs> like buried in my phone during, but I have it positioned where the fate, it's right at my pointing at my face. So the face ID unlocks it and everything. And it's just very easily accessible with this mount. That's why we know he doesn't saving, saving uh, fuel under caution, David. It's too busy in his phone. Doesn't save fuel. Doesn't save tires. The one thing he saves is practice time. Hey, he practiced a lot of, or a bunch of laps the other night for the Roval. I did. All right, next up, we have the Thrustmaster 488 GT3, and they're taking pre-orders for it. It's a Ferrari one, branded, and it's they call it an add-on, which I'm wondering why they call it an add-on. It's a rim. Maybe that's just the terminology they're trying to use. They don't have very many options. Yeah. They have an oval, and they have another Ferrari rim. I think the other one's a Ferrari as well. 250 bucks. Not a terrible price. Uh, not a terrible wheel. Uh, it doesn't... It's a replica. Yeah. Um, I can't see the back. How come when you put a Ferrari name on a Thrustmaster thing, it doesn't seem to be really expensive, but for some reason, if you put BMW or Bentley on a Fanatec rim, it becomes astronomically expensive for something that's not. I wonder if the license fee is based on the price of the product. Like a like, percent. Like maybe maybe the company expects a percentage. So the higher the wheel, the more of that, the more of an overcharge that's going to be. If I'm guessing with this one of these rims too, since it's Thrustmaster, I'm guessing it's console. It's it's able to work on consoles as well for playing Xbox or PlayStation. All right. Next up, we have Six Sigma Sim Racing, which has a new warehouse in Syracuse, New York, for faster shipping to the U.S. customers. They ship within three days. You know, John, I sent you this because we were talking about buying rigs from Sim Labs out of Finland, and we were talking about buying or Micro Center. If you have a Micro Center near you, you can get Sim Lab. We also talked about Advanced Sim Racing out of Canada, but they offer free shipping to the U.S. But I think, you know, we forget about companies like this. I mean, Six Sigma, we don't talk about them a lot on this show, but they have a great product here. Uh, the one they show on the screen here has motion and slip and everything. Uh, D-Box style. I mean, it's crazy. But, I mean, you can get something a little toned down from them, I'm sure, as well. Well, you can. Uh, now, I, I went on their website. They've got free shipping out of their New York uh, site. They've got some really good rigs, good seats, and uh, I'm giving those guys serious consideration. I like that black and yellow look. I don't know why I always yeah, think of space space exploration whenever I see a D-Box unit. Because <laughs> it looks like a moon lander? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you know, I look at these cockpits, John, 
I, the one thing I see kind of missing is a crossbar to put your shifter on that, you know, comes a, a, across from the upright and back down next to the, the seat, a place to put a mouse or a shifter or something. I, I mean, that's the one thing this is missing that some other rigs do have. Yeah. And you know, when you're looking for a rig, like I am, you, you have to keep in mind those little extras. It's a, one, it's a one twenty-five addition. Yeah, oh, you, you can get it. those, but but you know your cost is going to go up, and and you want to make sure you've got all those those little extras on there. You know, you want the seat slider, you want all the mounts that you're going to have to have. So you got to take that in consideration. All right, Dave Cam shows us a video on how to use the Govi for ambient lighting, and this is always kind of your department, Mike. And he calls it ambient lighting on the cheap. And uh, what he's referring to is my system and how much it costs with the Philips Hue. And I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six different bulbs and a hub and all that. And I probably have $400 into this thing. Well, you can get these other lighting uh, instruments from Amazon called Govee, G-O-V-E-E. -E. I've actually never heard of Govee, but uh, Dave Cam had some Govee lights. Uh, he just used them as backsplash, you know, for his videos. Just put them on a color and left it. But he said that uh, a listener or uh, somebody, a viewer from one of his, on his channel, uh, turned him on to a different video on YouTube of another guy who figured out how to get these Govee lights work working with ambient lighting. And basically, guess what? SimHub software has the capability of doing this. And so you're so Dave basically walks you through how to set up the Govee lights with the SimHub software and give you this ambient lighting on the cheap. Brilliant. Now, if I had known about Govee before when I did this project, I probably would have picked it just because of the cost difference. Uh, with the Philips Hue stuff, it is so expensive. Um, and so if you can do it for uh, half the price, man, I, I can't recommend enough. Everyone do some ambient lighting. It, it really is a neat effect. All right, we got time to hit one more that looks kind of time sensitive, or at least one I definitely want to see us hit. Uh, Matt Barnett has a about a 15-minute video covering what he considers the top five apps in iRacing. Yeah, so let's and I wrote them down, and there's links for them on the on the script. So trading paints number one. You got to see what other people's paints are, right? <laughs> I use that Chief one, of course. Two. Yeah, I, I use, use that one. Chief. I mean, crew chief is for me is a second crew chief in my ear. I actually run the in the sim crew chief uh spotter and the crew chief spotter both of them and and they're both really low volume but you know one always provides more information than the other and sometimes it's it's the built-in one gives more information i just like having the most information so i can't recommend yeah. crew chief enough it's a free app I originally got crew chief for the for the ability to do a lot of pit management with voice, right? Most of that is handled through my button boxes and JRT now, which kind of is a little bit more accurate than crew chief. But I still have the spotter running, and particularly I like that crew chief will tell you 
where incidents are, especially when you're running uh, road courses. It'll call out the corner where the incident is, and you know if you're close to that to watch out. Um, and I do leave both spotters on just like you do, but I have I do have the iRacing spotter turned to minimum chattiness. So I pretty much don't get a whole lot of the other information from the crew chief. I just hear the spotter. And if we're at Talladega, I turn the crew chief spotter off because they will constantly say, still there, still there, still there, still there, still there, just nonstop. And it, it gets pretty annoying. So I turn that one off and rely more on the visual spotter in that case. But, so it's very good app. Some of the some of the custom calls you'll hear is like dryling is off in the first chicane. Like they'll tell you who it is, where they went off on the track, and you and you you kind of hear that and you know it. It's kind of cool. They'll it'll t- creatures will tell you if you're closing on the people in front of you or behind you, right? They the it'll warn you ahead of time when faster cars are catching you from a different class. Or if you're catching the slow class when you're doing multi-class. The next one was Race Lab, which is like overlays and stuff. They have some of the best overlays that I've seen come across. So you're actively using Race Labs? I was. I've because I haven't raced much recently. I kind of just I didn't. I don't do the subscription anymore because it's also subscription based for the majority of the better things. So. Teammate Tyler Williamson told me the other day that he actually stopped uh, his subscription with Race Lab. Um, apparently, they have some kind of billing issues where they charged everybody uh, inadvertently that were signed up, and then they credited them. And then he said his wife was seeing these little charges from Race Labs on the credit card, like for a few pennies, and then it would be credited and. And so Tyler said something's real sketchy with the billing with race lab. So he, he opted out actually. Well, anytime you see a, a penny charge that, that stays on there, they're supposed to usually come off, but that's how a lot of sites and, and even hotels actually just to test, just test to see if your car is valid when, when they're not going to know what to charge at first. So it'll, it'll pop up as a one cent charge that gets refunded later. Yeah, I think that's a random issue. I I did see the reports on that, but I use it and have never had that issue. So I I don't know why. Uh, just certain people get it and some don't. But I do use that app. Okay. Uh, the next one was VRS telemetry. I've actually never tried this. I know David, you used to use it. I still do some. I don't really have it active right now because I've not been doing any road racing. Uh, it's really handy if we're looking at your telemetry and comparing it to other people's. And uh, I learned a lot with it specifically about how to manage the brake in on the tracks, and also how to manage uh, to make sure I'm hitting the apexes and, and positioning the car in the right place. And it's a little bit more valuable on the roadside. Uh, it the the way it's laid out, it's really hard to use for me. If I'm trying to tweak a, a road, I mean, a, an oval setup, it just it, the the uh, ride height stuff is, is just hard as hell to read. The next one was iRacing Manager. This is a free software from the forums that helps you start up all your third-party apps with one click. Now, I actually use a different one from the forums that's free called iRacer Assistant. 
and it does the same thing. And I do highly recommend that. Um, it you can program it to basically, like I said, launch everything with one button. It really speeds up your load in when you're trying to get into a race. The final item was Coach Dave Academy, and I do not know anything about this actually either. It's some kind of coaching uh, deal. And isn't that six uh, links? Yeah, it is. And the video was called Top Five. All right, let's jump into results. We're going to talk the NASCAR iRacing series and finish up Talladega. Thursday fixed. It was Justin. He said he was in the mix for the win, but didn't have the push. Brad Wren, his wheel disconnected. We actually heard from uh, Brad today. Uh, he's been having USB disconnections on the wheel. He has a Sim Magic, I think. Uh, and so we gave him a bunch of ideas to try to fix it, but it turns out he's actually returning the wheel to the manufacturer for repair. So he's gonna be out for a couple weeks. Friday open, I ran, I was near the front on the, on the inside lane was trying to side draft up and I got a little bit of damage and I was in the first caution. Uh, lap 11, I was pushing the leader on the bottom. The guy behind me started pushing me and turned me, two and a half minutes damage. Eventually caught a caution, took a wave around, but needed a yellow to get enough fuel to finish. Finally got that yellow with three to go. Uh, put me in the back after fueling for P23 for the green white checker number one. I wreck coming to the checker P27, horrible race. David, P14. Yeah, I wasn't the best on the fuel strategy, and then I got flushed out of the draft by a huge checkup right when I made a lane change. Um, and so I went ahead and pulled, I went ahead and pitted right when that happened because I was in the window and was able to catch the draft as they came back around. And then when we when it all cycled around, I was back with the lead pack. But then later I made a late move and turned myself up across somebody's road. Uh, and um, then uh, trying to, I turned across the nose and trying to get back up to speed, I spun the tires and that brought out the caution. And I got falsely accused of doing it on purpose. Uh, and I did not, I did not just, you know, the tires just spun out. You saw the replay. I did, I watched your replay after the race on that um look the the car gets high centered on the banking between the apron and the the angle of the banking and that's what happened with you it's not i mean it, you, you were trying to get turned around and get going again that's all it was that's all i saw so yeah. david let's talk strategy for a second because i was in your race and i see you now i already had lost the draft and then i see you lose the draft and then I'm thinking, oh my God, he's pitting. Is he smoking crack? He's pitting by himself under green. He's gonna pull out and be all by himself. He's gonna be a lap down. How will he ever recover from this? But somehow it worked out. I, I couldn't believe it. Well, I, I only needed, um, I didn't have to take, I still had what, half a tank of gas. So it was only gonna be a two tire stop, right? 
So I knew I was going to get back out before the lead pack came back around. And I was, so I, I was able to get back out because it was a short pit stop and I stayed low, refused to come go high. And it made it really easy to catch the lead pack. And then I was able to stay out when, while everybody else pitted and stay in the draft. And so as it cycled, I, I was with, and I was going to have to pit by myself again, but it would have, if, if I had not turned, turned down to try to get in line too late, um, I would have again, short pitted and, and still been able to catch most of the lead pack. So uh, right, it worked out. <laughs> I, I don't, well, this is why you should always listen to me on the strategy calls, right? <laughs> well, I, look, I would have never picked to do that. So I was, that's why I was a little shocked, but it worked out. I mean, at the end, you were still in the pack. So, all right, Tyler Rand Williamson, he got a P4, started P1 with the, and had only one caution on lap three, led the first 20 laps after giving up the lead to save gas was able to stay with the main pack during two green flag stops to bring it home fourth. Lappers screwed me on the last lap, but happy with the top five and zero X. Tyler was uh, pained to give up that lead, but he knew he had to because he was using way more fuel than everybody else around him. And uh, I could feel the pain in his voice when he said, ah, I'm pulling over. Moving on, Sunday open, David P20. Yeah, this was a case where a lot of us were going to pit under green flag stops, but not every one of them got down in time. And so they all decided to wait and I should have paid more attention and went ahead and pitted and uh, just hung, I hung myself out basically on green flag stops and never got back, got back with the lead pack. All right, Sunday fixed. I ran for some glory and I got P4. I got spun twice, but no damage really. I led some laps at the end. There was just a top seven breakaway and I was six. We did mix it up, but I didn't make very good moves. I got to P4, I'll take it. All right, moving on to Wednesday open Roval at Charlotte. I got a nice P7, got as high as P5, but had a slip, fell back to eighth. I missed the final chicane maybe four or five times, but ended up bringing it home seventh. Pretty proud of this run. I was car number 34. Uh, Tom was in my split. Uh, he got a P9, two positions behind me. Uh, I only gained five points on him in the championship for those two spots. Now, what was interesting is on the results, it showed a five point difference. But when we went and looked at the actual um, points as they run for the season i gained uh 18 points or something and so it has something to do with the drop weeks so what i'm trying to say is with the drop weeks we really don't i mean we haven't done the math i haven't pulled up all the results and try to figure it out but it's unknown just how many points i'm going to gain or lose on tom you know because of drops and, and it really is it's hard to track and i, I, I remember when when derek limke was running his uh making his run on road to pro they were able to send they sent me a on discord a a, a link of the actual spreadsheet showing the the points and how he got in but like two points i and it, i think there was a, a drop week that was involved in that as well and it was somehow calculating that uh, so you'd probably have to have all of your finishes in and kind of see what which ones are going to get dropped and, and do some some fancy math mathing to really figure it out well 
I'm having fun with it. Uh, Chris Waldron ran. He got a P6. Good, safe run, he said. I, I want to point out that Chris, God bless him, he's 650 I rating on road. That's it. So he's definitely bottom split. So I told, what did we tell him before the race? Dude, keep it on the pavement. You're going to get a top 10 easy. And that's what happened. And he, he was laps down, but he had a, he, he got the finish. So well done, Chris. Uh, that's how you're going to get good at road is just getting out there and put yourself into these uh, spots, you know, get into the event, run it, try not to wreck. So with that being said, Greg, you wrecked out in top split. Yeah, so through the infield section, I hit <clears throat> the outside wall just before you come onto the banking, before you like that. The out, you're coming to the outside, then you come back down towards the inner wall to go up onto the banking. I touched the wall a little too hard and it broke something on the steering, and I had no steering. And I went back down to the inside wall and I collected the guy behind me. He called me some name, like I was saying earlier on the chat, and I just apologized to him. I was like, hey, look, I, I'm sorry. I, I had no steering and I was, nothing I could do. I was trying to get out of the way and it just, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't stop, I couldn't at all. So I don't know if, uh, I don't know if it diffused the situation or not, um, but uh, not much you can do when those tow link break, break. And then Brad Wren was back running with us in, uh, in great fashion and, he got a little taste of how NIS is. He was run off the course, and then he got dropped by the server. He never got dropped from Discord, but uh, iRacing dropped him. P32, he was not a happy camper. All right, Thursday open, I ran again. I was car number 35, top split. Uh, what did I, I think I got 16th. Uh, wasn't a great race. I basically, uh, I showed you guys the videos in the chat. There was a, a guy slower than me and I was trying to get by him. I, I was up on, uh, alongside of him and we touched and he got spun. And then a few laps later, the same thing happened to me. Uh, some guy was trying to get around me. He got to the side of me and it almost, it, I kind of turned off his nose is what happened. I ended up spun around. I had to wait for all the traffic to go by before pulling onto the track because I didn't want to get protested. So I was real careful about that. And I was I fell back to 23rd, but I, I think I made my way back up to actually uh, 13th. I think that's what it was I finished. Other racing I ran, FIA F4, the regional at Interlago Brazil, started 21st, got wrecked in the first lap on a pileup. I got the worst of it dead last at 23rd, but I made my way back up to 16th. The next race, I started near the back, but I still got ran over on lap one, turn one, from behind, from somebody who was dead last. Um, so I, I got spun, I worked my way back up to be ninth out of 14th. Then I ran Draftmaster. John was like, it's the 87 cars. I'm thinking, man, I wonder if I can farm another thousand I rating. So I decided to try it. Uh, 87s at Daytona, it was top split. I got involved in a couple of incidents and brought it home P9. Didn't run as well as I hope, so no, I will not be farming in the Draft Master this week. I did run three uh, out of four, or three or four Chris McGuire hosted races. Uh, no finishes, wrecked out of each one. 
And with that, let's jump to final thoughts, David Hall. Well, you heard about that that falsely accusing crap, and iRacing didn't agree with me. And th- I think they're uh, well. In the reply I got from iRacing, they basically admitted to their bias, and because I've had a lot of interactions with them, because I don't take crap off of bullies. So, um, but they let the bad guys do whatever they the hell they want and just punish the wrong people. So that's my opinion. I'm uh, I'm actually quite pissed right now. All right. Sorry to hear about that. Uh, hope it works out well for you. Uh, Greg Hectus, final thoughts? Uh, just kind of pissed that I uh, took myself out of a good good car, good run the other night, just pushing it too hard. So hopefully we'll try again Friday night and probably Sunday morning and see what we can do. But uh, Roval's the last road course of the season, and... Um, probably not my favorite road course, but I seem to be, I have a good rhythm there. So, you know, something about this car and road courses agree with me. So we'll, uh, go and do it again Friday and Sunday morning. Right. And special guest, John Curley. Thanks for joining us on the team and the show. What are your final thoughts? Well, thanks for having me on. And, uh, my goal is, you know, improve that racecraft, get better uh, at everything I do. And uh, you guys have been a big help, you know, listening to the team and uh, just realizing, you know, the camaraderie that you built up is is awesome. And I just want to learn. And that's what I'm going to keep doing, keep positive attitude and uh, run races. Go for it. All right. Yeah, we're happy to have you. Welcome. Uh, my final thoughts, man, I kind of wish I won at Talladega. That's probably my best chance to win uh, for the rest of the season. But, uh, yeah, we're moving on to the Roval. I got a, what, a P7. That was some pretty good points. I hope I can top it tomorrow night. Uh, boy, I need some points. This thing with Tom has been a blast. Lots of times uh, we're ending up in the same split, racing each other. Uh, he's following me, I'm following him, so it's been a lot of fun. I've had fun with the FIA F4. If I can just get past turn one, lap one, it's fun. But uh, getting wrecked out at the beginning of these things is getting a little old. We're gonna try it again tonight after dinner. I'm gonna jump on and, and run at least a couple of, of attempts and see if we can get it. And with that, hey, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.